if you have your robe on. Yeah, we got the robe on, dude. Freshly laundered, dude. Oh, let's go. Kyle's wearing oh. his robe. I'm trying Jesus to get my camera. wearing his uh, Mercedes F1 gear, and I am wearing a black T-shirt. Um, I actually feel like you should put on a jersey for this, but you know what? It's fine. Well, everyone, welcome to a, an exciting edition of the Sporting Nudes. There's only three of us here today. I have Jason, uh, Kyle, and myself, Joe, here. Uh, we are missing Grayson, but... He is gone, but not forgotten. I'm sure he'll be around next week, breaking lightness and all of his hockey-hating bullshit. Um, gentlemen, how's Who are it going? we missing? Who are we missing? Uh, oh, I'm sorry. I don't even Gabe remember. Asen. I don't even remember. Oh, yeah. oh, oh, oh. Yeah. yeah. Okay. You might have. I think Joe said his name. No, easy mistake. I, I did say his name, but uh, I know how. I know your pronunciation of it is slightly. It's, you know, the pronunciation. <laughs> Uh, John, how's it going? Kyle, look at that bathrobe you're wearing. Jason wearing his F1 so cozy, Everyone's man. looking great. How are you guys doing? Great, I'm, uh, I am tired. I was I was deep in the bowels of New York and New Jersey trying to uncover the most juicy stories. And some of my sources told me that I couldn't share the stories that I found because they were too juicy. Oh. About, about scripts and all sorts of things that I can't share, so. Ah, yeah. uh, Jason's Jason's talking oh, to Gary, like how, all the commissioners how, himself, Roger Goodell, Gary Dittman. Yeah, mm -hmm. very, very, very titillating. There. Did uh, did uh, those did, tats? Did you find out if uh, the NFL rigged the Super Bowl so the Swifties would stay on board with the NFL for another year? I cannot confirm nor deny. Ah, all right. Well, we are a pro oh, Swifty podcast. We made that very clear. We have numerous Swifty fans, so Taylor's all right in our books. Um, mostly because Travis Kelsey is a Cleveland boy. I'm do. Uh, go Travis, go Jason. Uh, give us a shout out in your podcast, Sporting Nudes. We're great. Hey. Too. Um, speaking we're, of greatness, guys, we're a podcast. <laughs> we're we're, we're a real <laughs> podcast. We're like, technically like a, a podcast. Like I'm a real boy. Yep, that's you know. I'm a real podcast. Uh, speaking of real things, guys, um, the NBA, now we're a couple weeks behind on this. We didn't record last week because, you know, we're adults and we had things going on. Um, I was in I Atlanta uncovering <laughs> other stories. <laughs> Bringing back the Atlanta Thrashers of the NHL. That's what Jason was deep diving there. Yeah, I was I was on a mission last week. I was meeting with uh, the mayor of Atlanta trying to pitch my my selling point of uh, bringing the Thrashers back. Yeah, bringing hockey back to Atlanta. And then Grayson and uh, Kyle were literally in Atlanta on the other side of that uh, saying, hey, hockey's not real. Why would you ever listen to this? So uh, we were all busy last week. Uh, very important. Um, but other important things happen, or it's debatable on how important they are. Uh, one of them being the NBA All-Stars. Um, I wanted to ask you, did either of you watch skills competition? I guess that's what they call it nowadays. In the All-Star game, did you watch any combination of them? What did you guys think? Uh, I did. So I actually did watch the skills competition somehow. I don't remember if I like was like looking for a basketball game or like I was probably just bored on those Saturday night, I think. But yeah, yeah. I actually did watch the skills competition. It was hilarious because there's like a there's a path that they had to follow on the court because it's like a like a crazy ass led court LED? yeah so they had they could do whatever they wanted so they made like little fucking like arrows that went around these things and like around these like different obstacles and like over and over they kept fucking it up 
Like they kept going the wrong way around one of the ops, the first obstacle. And the ref literally had to like run in and be like, no, like you got to run back around this way. And it was like two people on the same, like one person did it on the, on the, on the one team. And then they go like three in a row. They do like all three. Cause that's how they yeah. do the skills competition is like three teams of three. So they have to run the first person made fucked up, run the wrong way. And then his second person also fucked it up. Like they did, they messed it. Uh, they messed it. it was hilarious. Like watching this, like uh, the, them not be able to like look at the ground and figure out where to go. It was it was fantastic. Uh, so I watched the three point contest, and I ended. I like watched the highlights of the dunk contest. Well, my number one takeaway from from this year's All Star Game and All Star Skills competition is that they keep making it, in my opinion, just more and more basic and then less and less stars are participating and then still no one can understand what's going on which listen i get it the way the nba is the these guys are not invested in it they're just kind of there for fan service but do you guys get the impression that like players i know it's been brought up numerous times i know that there were i believe larry bird and i forget who else literally talked to the players before the all-star game started and said take this seriously try your best it's important to go out there and put forth an effort and then it was arguably the most lackadaisical game they've ever had in the all-star do you guys think that the all-star game in the skills competition has run its course what do you think is a solution to it if it's if it hasn't run its course so i think the skills it was a unique take i'm not really sure i mean the having the obstacles in the court like in the oleds and stuff was kind of i mean it's kind of cool here's the way that a lot of the I think each league is trying to get like viewership and the way that people consume content has changed so much over the years, right? Like there are less and less people who are sitting down and like watching a full game from start to finish. So I almost feel like when you look at what they do with the stars, the NBA skills competition, right? They had a court with the LEDs and it's like all flashy. So it's almost like they're trying to like dive into that, like quick hit sort of like, I don't know, like, for lack of a better term, like TikTok culture, it's like, ooh, there's moving things on the court. Like, it's not <laughs> a real, it's not a, it's like subway surfers in real fucking life. Like, and I, I get it. Like, you, you have to try to get um, the younger audience at some level to buy into some of these things that are happening. But I, overall, like, as, as we get older, like, these all-star games just get worse and worse and worse because, to your point, Joe, it's almost like they're there just to, I don't know, try to, it's for fandom, right? It's for the fans. It's for, it's to see all the stars in one place. But I almost feel like bad for fans who are paying for tickets because they're going there to see a mediocre product. And maybe it's different in, in the arena, right? Maybe the atmosphere is different. Maybe being there is a totally different experience than sitting at home and watching something that's es like essentially as meaningless as could possibly be for these all-star games. So potentially the atmosphere and, and sort of what you get when you're at the, at the stadium or at, at the arena I'm sure is much more enjoyable than it is to sit and watch it at home when there's not a whole lot going on. But yeah, I mean, the NFL did it too. Like they're doing all these quick hit skills things to try to get, um, you know, as many, as many people as possible interested in this short, like, Hey, you know, this is a, a, a 
two-minute skill, like, right, boom, quick action, and then you move on to the next thing. It's quick action. There's all these goofy things in between that try to get people interested. So, yeah, it's TikTok culture. I know that's a high horse thing, but and that's an easy way <laughs> to say it. But it's it really is. It's like almost all these things are – for lack of a better term, dumbed down to try to make it easier to understand and get the casual viewer to try to try to jump in and, and see it. And maybe those of us that are more hardcore fans of the sport or hardcore fan of sport in general, like it doesn't vibe with us. But then you you look at like almost everyone's kind of like, yeah, this I mean, this all star game in particular was just cool. It's cool to see the guys at a shoot around, but you can go to an NBA game and see a shoot around. Right. Like, I don't yeah, know, I don't know. The so so let me ask you guys this then, um, in terms of all stars that comes out of any sport, um, do we think that sports have grown so big and almost so expensive that all star games are just not they're really the, the merit and the joy that players used to get out of being named an all star just isn't there anymore? Because I, I and not to pick on current stars or you know like our generation of stars, but the NBA dunk contest used to be the cream of the crop of the of the NBA. And now you've got guys who are, I'll be generous and say barely G Leaguers. They're, you know, internet sensations doing the dunk contest. And I don't want to pick on LeBron, but LeBron has never taken any of these events seriously. He's never really participated, other than the All-Star game itself. Do you think that's hurt the hurt All-Star participation? Do you think it's hurt the kind of gravitas that these used to have when you had like the Jordans and the birds participating in the dunk contest and the three point contest. Yeah. You're, you're muted. Oh, there we go. Um, it's hard to say that it hasn't, um, you know, if I think that maybe like who's to know why LeBron never did participate in any of them. Um, I mean, has he ever said why? I'm not even sure. Um, I don't think he really has. I think it just said it's a choice. Right. And, and maybe I think the assumption has always been that LeBron has prioritized preserving his body for playoff basketball for games that matter. And he's tried to reduce the load. And I mean, to be fair, He's playing at a all-star level at the age of 39, so it's kind of hard to fault him for mm-hmm. saying, yeah, I don't want to participate in the meaningless crap. Um, so, Well, here's, an, here's another thing. Like, if you look at the way the NBA has gone, look at the comp- like people who participated in the three-point contest. All right? You had, you had mm-hmm. Trey Young, Cat, Donovan Mitchell. Yeah. Roy Markman is a bit of an out outside, right? But... Damian Lillard, Jalen Brunson, Tyrese Halliburton. Yeah. Um, Malik Beasley is a little bit of an outsider too, but he's on one of the yeah. best teams in the NBA. So, like, take out Beasley and take out Markin, and uh, every other guy that competed in the three-point contest is a, un, like, yeah. a very marketable name. So part of it, too, could also be, like, skipping the LeBron thing, but, like, our, the stars have moved toward – and now they used to have the stars mm, in the three-point competition too, right? Like, they've sure. always had, had Bird and every – like – you know, yeah, but we're talking, and, you know, big, big we're names, talking yeah. literally the best players in the NBA, some some of them, you know. Right. But now it's almost like the best players in the NBA are shooters. Those those There's shooters. Yeah, that's a that's a great point, actually. Yeah, it's so it's it, there's it could, it could be that, too. But the dunk contest, I mean, <laughs> they had four guys and like Jalen Brown is the biggest name on that list. Yeah. I guess props Obi, to him. Obi Toppin, 
if like look, Obi Toppin, like if you're an NBA well, fan, he, you know Obi. But well, it was his brother though. Yeah, it was Jacob Toppin. Sorry, yeah. Is that same? Like, no, yeah, no. It's yeah, literally right, Obi yeah. Toppin's brother, and yeah. and then Mac like McClure. yeah, no. Yeah, which he is kind of what you're talking I mean, he did win. So, I mean, he won G League MVP last year. Yeah. Granted. <laughs> I mean, you know, whatever. It's G League. But, like, I mean, yeah. the best player in the G League is still, like, a really good basketball player, I guess. So. Yeah. It, it's. It, so, I don't. To, I, yeah, but still, he is not, not, not anything. He's not an NBA player. And he's marketable for that the dunk contest. Yeah. I th- I think what's interesting about that point, right, is it goes a little bit in almost contrast to what Jason said. Of, hey, we're talking quick hit culture, TikTok culture, whatever you want to call it, where like the biggest, the best, the fastest, the quickest, like very in and out. And hearing about the worst Toppin brother who hasn't cracked the NBA doesn't fit with why I want to see the coolest, the biggest, the best in a very short time span, right? It almost goes kind of, hey, I'm willing to show you a guy who hardcore NBA fans are going to know that, oh, yeah, he's Obi Toppin's brother, and he's a really good basketball player. Is he NBA caliber? He's like ninth or 10th or 11th man on the bench kind of guy. We know that because we're incredibly ridiculous sports nerds who love talking about that crap. The average person who's tuning in is going to hear, oh, Toppin? I don't know who that is. They barely know who Obi Toppin is, let alone Jacob Toppin, right? So I think what's interesting about the All-Star Games as a collective across all the big four, really any sport, right, is I'll say this, a little bit of a shift into they're monotonous now, right? Now that they're big events, I'm not saying they weren't big events when like Jordan was doing the dunk contest in the early 90s or you know, when Barry Bonds and Mark McGuire were hitting home runs during the home run derby against each other, right? But they're so pulp- – they, we're in the digital age. We're in the media age. These are so beyond hyped that they, I don't – I question whether they could ever live up to the kind of billing that they're given, right? Uh, with the exception, I'll say, to go back a little bit to the NBA, that three-point contest between Steph Curry – in Sabrina Ionescu was fantastic. Oh yeah. Fantastic. Kenny Smith trying to ruin it, but he did. He did did everything he could. Oh uh, my God. What did you guys think about Kenny Smith's just asinine comments? In my opinion, come on, man. Like it's it's TNT, right? I mean, that's, that's what you get from that crew. I mean, and he didn't have people, he didn't have Shaq and, uh, and Chuck to, just shut, shut them, them down because yeah. like they would, you know, like it's, I don't know about uh, you. But yeah. I'm going to listen to someone talk about three points. Like I want to listen to Reggie Miller talk about it. Yeah. And, and they were kind of like arguing back and forth. I don't know. It was, I was more just interested in, in that, that event, but that certainly was the highlight of the skills competition. Three, four competition was pretty good too, but that was, that was For, nuts. Yeah. Like, it, it, just for those that don't know, uh, Sabrina Ionescu, who, who plays in the WNBA, faced off against uh, Steph Curry, and she lost by exactly at what, like three, four points. Three points. She and, scored. And, yeah. She scored the moat. Like if she was in the men's three-point competition, she would have she tied would. for first. Yeah, well, yeah. she would have tied with yeah. yeah, tied with Damian. I think it was right. It, yeah, I think he had twenty-six as well. But then Steph, who is, you know, the obviously the greatest shooter. Yeah, greatest shooter of all time, beat her by three. 
Like, which is she shot? She shot with a WNBA ball, but she shot from the men's 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 line, the men's three point line, which is crazy. That's nuts. The fact that she was going toe to toe and literally lost on the last rack of balls, yeah, only because Steph hit what one one extra money ball is what put him over, or or one basket and one money ball, one basket and one money ball, Yeah. yeah, right. And so Kenny Smith's comments were. Basically, when he was talking about her and then tweeting about it was like she should have shot from the the women's three point line. That would have been a fair contest. And a lot of people took offense to that because she literally, Jason's point, beat everyone else and tied the winner of the actual three point contest. She only lost to Steph Curry and she did it from the men's line, which she doesn't shoot from for her professional career. A lot of people took offense to the fact that why are you calling that out? when she's literally doing something that has never been done before. Just give her the props, man. Just give give her the props. Give her 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 flowers and move on, right? Absolutely. That's all you have to do. She got beat by the greatest shooter of all time. (laughs) No shame in that. First ballot Hall of Famer, right? Barely. Yeah. She shot better than Donovan Mitchell, who is an incredible basketball player. She shot better than a lot of people, a lot of the men. And it's, yeah, Yeah. just... It it was what I, the like obviously nascar is not one of the big sports but what i'll say is they are like one of the few leagues left that really really take a lot of pride and they did something for the last couple years they've been doing some some crazy shit like they moved the all-star race from charlotte to bristol and threw like lights under the cars but last year what they did was they went to north wilkesboro which um that track's last points paying race was in 1996 the track was like left for dead. The concrete was all fucked up. The bleachers were fucked up. And then Earnhardt Jr. and a group of people like went to the track a couple years ago and just like picked grass out of the like, like in between the Damn. track. And then last year they brought back North Wilkesboro for the first time since 1996. And they held the all-star race that weekend on that short track. It was a historic short track. It was on the schedule from almost the beginning of time for NASCAR. So like, but that's different, though, right? Because even though those there's athletes, like it's a, it's a totally different style of sport. But if when you get to these like body to body contact stick and ball sports, for one hand, I do understand like injuries are so much more prevalent now, and I, maybe it's just because bodies are bigger, faster, stronger, or it could just be because we're more aware. That's also probably a huge part of it too, especially for the NFL All-Star game. Like, I don't know how many guys were playing the NFL All-Star game with concussions, but I'm sure before we knew about concussions, they were there, right? Had to have been. Right. But, yeah, I I don't know, Joe. I'm kind of with you. Like, it's almost – we're kind of at the point now where the way that we market the stars, especially in the NBA, like, it's more about them being there all in one place playing a game rather than the competition of the game itself. And there's ways yeah. that they could try to make it like more competitive, like giving home field advantage, home court advantage or something like that to the winner. But I mean, I think that only works in baseball because they've been doing it forever. Like that'd be something hard, right? Be hard to, that would be such a, such a big change from what it is now to yeah. something that that matters a lot you know yeah i, but I think to me, that's I, the only way you fix it but i don't know if anyone's yeah willing to do that like i don't know if I, I, sense. and like does it like okay does the does the does the nba all-star game need fixing probably yes but like just the way that that you know that things are right now just with 
I don't know if it's like, if it's like a pride or like ego thing where, you know, if they try too hard and then they lose, they look, you know, some type of way, like, you know, and it almost feels like that. It almost seems like, I mean, there's obviously like a respect there where you don't want to like disrespect these other people that are, that are there also. You don't want to like be that guy in the all-star game to, you know, posterize someone like nobody gets posterized because nobody plays defense right like so but if you do end up like you know you don't want to you don't want to show i don't know it just seems like they don't want to show up other people other uh you know what it seems like they don't want to show up other people or yeah if like oh i'm not trying so what i think if i lose it's okay you know i think it's become a little bit interesting (laughs) about all the all the all-star games right but especially the basketball is we live in an age now where with unions and with the way leagues operate players are closer than ever social media right friendships, right uh, a little bit of it is hey they don't want to destroy their own value on in an all-star game because they know if a great example would be lebron knows that when, even when he was facing off against Steph when he, they were on the cat when he was on the Cavs and the Warriors were there, the NBA is better and bigger and he has more rights and bargaining power when Steph is on fire and doing great, right? And I think it's almost a little bit. I know people are going to look back and say, "Well, you know, Jordan never did that or Bird never." Well, sure, they didn't do it as a different era, right? These guys are so co- connected and collected together for a common goal for the players themselves. They just they don't destroy each other the way they used to. I'll also say this, and then we can start to look a little bit to other some other things. But I do think that when you're talking about All Star games, I'm a very big proponent of All Star games should be rotated. They should go to different cities. They should go and let fans experience that. Right? There's a moment uh, we had the ca- the Cavs in Cleveland hosted the All Star game a couple of years ago. Um, we went to a couple of the events. They weren't quite what we initially hoped for, but we also didn't spend a, the hundreds of dollars per ticket to go to every event. But they were a lot of fun. There was a lot of buzz around the city. The energy was electric. It was a lot of fun for the city and the fans here in Cleveland. They got to experience that. And I think when you're talking about in-person experiences, it doesn't matter if the game is 250 to 248, if there's no defense, if players are clearly chucking up threes from 38 feet out. Fans don't care. They're getting to see the best of the best. And I think when you think about it in terms of that, it is an, still an important event. It's very important for the in-person experience. Did you guys watch the uh, yeah. celebrity game? Yeah. No. I, I saw the okay. intros, and I didn't see the electric. I, I saw the intros because there okay. were some hilarious ones. Dude, I, I fucking... The, the celebrity game is the most trash event in... <laughs> In any All Star Game weekend, it is so um, bad. There were there were people on on the All Star team that I, I was like, I don't I, like. I'm sure this guy's a celebrity, but I but like don't I don't know him. Yeah, at all. Like, I know I did. I know only... that Puka Nakua didn't Puka Nakua like yeah he could just dominate. It, yeah, yeah. yeah. like that makes so much sense. The the um, only celebrity game that I and to be fair, I'm gonna ask you as a question in a second about this, but the only celebrity game that I've truly enjoyed and think actually has some kind of enjoyable merit to it is the uh MLB celebrity softball game. Because first of all, it's softball. Softball, yeah. S- second of all, 
it is designed <laughs> to be a ridiculous they're putting five people in the outfield they bring in the infield they bring it all in so like if mgk when it was in cleveland a couple years ago was hitting dingers into right field <laughs> because they bring it all right because it's softball yeah, and it's right. slow pitch it's designed right it's supposed to be a ridiculous event and they had the people they had there they were varied in range from machine gun kelly who's a very big cleveland celebrity and now he's become a lot bigger even since then but to like people who like simone biles was there they had a lot of people there that you're like okay i kind of know who that person is but they had a lot more fun with it. Basketball is the one is one of the sports, maybe other than hockey and football, where you're like, if you're not tall and you can't shoot, what the fuck are you gonna do? In yeah. in softball, you can go and hit a bunt or like hit a soft liner, and it's right, gonna yeah. be fun. If you can't shoot and you're hitting air balls, how is that fun to watch? Like, if you have to almost select celebrities that fit basketball whereas major right. league baseball is like we're going to pick people that are so legit celebrities that are fun and have a personality and i don't care if they hit a bunt it's still going to be funny to watch yeah. right they, it's just funny because they had like jack ryan was on the celebrity <laughs> team like, like like it's just hilarious like if now they'll never do this okay they will never do what i'm gonna say however they had Micah Parsons and Puka Nakua on one team and CJ Stroud and Mikael Hardman on another. If they had an NBA celebrity game that was all NFL players. Oh, yeah. Like, I would. That would I be. Would, that would be incredible. That would be like, it. Miles Garrett playing center. Yeah. Dunking <laughs> all over Micah Parsons. Dude, that's the problem. It's like everyone's going to gonna be like, oh, oh, they get hurt. You know, we don't want them to do that because they might get fucking hurt. It'll it's, never uh, happen. I, that but is probably one of my least favorite like arguments changes about like how people approach the game is like, oh, well, if I don't play this game, then I won't be able to get injured. Like, while that is true, like, what the fuck are we doing? We're here, like we're playing like, I don't know, like if you can't play a game like. Then you can't like then you can't play it like then don't get hurt. I don't know. Like, yeah. But like if injuries happen, like injuries are going to, I don't know. It's, it's just, it's, I, I know that's not, not necessarily like a, even a very coherent argument, but, um, I know, I know, just, I know what you're saying. Yeah. It's, it's, it's just a frustrating approach to, you know, like I'm not going to play my, you know, I, I mean, of course, and it, it's happened before where, you know, someone choose, uh, or a college football player, you know, chooses to play a meaningless bowl game. Yeah, and they get fucking hurt. I get, I, I get it. I really do. But uh, it's just not my favorite approach to. That's partly uh, too. We grew the professionality up, of of sports. When we were kids, right? Like we looked up to the all stars because they weren't concerned. Maybe I mean I, I don't want to say they weren't concerned because I'm not in their head, right? But the the love and passion that they had for the game that they were playing. Mm -hmm. And the responsibility that they felt to be on the field and perform at their best was, I don't like, it was just such a different thing than what we experience now, because you look at the NFL all-star game and the NHL all-star game and the NBA all-star game at, and back, back in the day, like they were going at it. Maybe they weren't going at it 110% like they do in their regular season games or playoff games, but there was a sense of pride, like, I'm going to go out there sure. and sh 
show that I am. Like, yeah. I was picked for this team, and I'm going to go out there and show, hey, I am one of the most talented son of a bitches in this entire fucking league. Right? I belong and here it, type thing. Yeah, and now it's almost like, hey, you get it, and that's that's just it. Right, so, like, like the invite is, like you said, and that's why, and that's, I mean, that's kind of why I initially said I don't know if it needs changing because, like, it is more about the honor of being selected, of being I guess, yeah. than how you perform necessarily for the player. It's about the honor. And then for the game itself, it's really the in-person fan, right? Like if you, if you're looking at it from an sure. in-person experience, I think, I think it's fantastic. Yeah. Right. So that being said, if we were to rank them or, and say, Hey, what's the best to the worst? I want your guys opinion on the list. I would say top tier is still major league baseball. I think their game itself, the home run derby, even a bad home run derby is still been better than most skills competition than well, let's get this out of the way. NFL dead last, right? We can all agree that that is dead <laughs> yeah. last. Okay. Yeah. All right. Unfortunately, they, they, yeah. They've even done a they've even done a piss poor job with the skills competitions. Like they yeah. that's gone downhill since the, the Pro Bowl game itself is over, but the skills like the flag football and the skills competition. Really what it is, is it's a honor for the players to be a pro bowler and then right. it's a vacation. That's all it really yep. is. And it just doesn't televise well. It's not as fun, right? So that's dead last. Um, I, I do look and say, I think two and three, depending on what sport you like, it's going to be hockey or ba- basketball. Um, me personally, I, I am very biased. The hockey, what hockey is gone is they said, hey, we, they got rid of five on five. East Conference versus West Conference. And they've gone to four teams of three on three. They've reinstated a drafting of players that they did this last year. Um, and it's three on three high scoring hockey. And basically the NHL said, yeah, it's not five on five. This is supposed to be a fun, offensive, high scoring, ridiculous game. And that's, they've embraced that a little bit. And I think the NBA doesn't have that luxury. So I've actually put them higher than the NBA. I would have the NBA at third and then hockey. And then I think the top one is still baseball. I think the, the, the all-star game itself, you can play 80% effective and still, you know, you maybe you're not sliding face first or you're diving for that really hard to reach ball because they remove the component of, hey, who gets to host the World Series? But you can put 80% effort in and look pretty close to regular baseball. You put 80% into the other three sports and it looks fucking awful. So... Uh, I would go baseball, hockey, basketball, football. I'm going to go last because they have such a controversial list. Oh, cooler. Your turn. <laughs> muted. Kyle, Kyle uh, you're muted there. Damn it. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. So I think that uh, MO, I think I, I, I think I do agree that MLB is really fun. Um, it seems like the easiest to market, I guess. Uh, everyone knows a home run derby. Everyone knows a you know a celebrity softball game. Everyone's played softball. Like, you know, it it just seems like uh, it seems like a fun event. It seems like you know, it seems like a good thing for sure. Uh, then I would go basketball. Uh, that would be, you know, just for all the reasons that we talked about. I still think that it is fun. I still think that, uh, you know, I still enjoy some aspects of it. Uh, third, I would go MLS. 
they are oh <laughs> they do like a they do versus like a uh um uh, a Premier League team they faced Arsenal last year and got wrecked five oh five. I'm glad you brought that up because that was so. Yeah. No way. Okay. Perfect. Yeah. And yeah, then, yeah. Uh, um, and then yeah, yeah. Football's last. Those are all the sports that I can think of. Football star games. Mm. Didn't you yeah. miss? You missed one. Sure. Hey, you're forgetting one there, buddy. Does tennis have one? God, fuck. <laughs> um so so mine is nascar oh okay okay, what okay. Is, what, okay please i am gonna need a, a, a quick rundown of what the uh nascar all-star game is then so they what they do is they have you, you're voted into the so first off the winner gets a million dollars oh okay, okay. that's right? effective um, they started bringing that back a couple years ago at um, I, they don't really say what the per. They used to not say what the purse is. It used to be like it was the million dollar Winston, like all star race, right? So a million dollars is a big fucking deal. Like they sure, would for anyone. They, they, go, they go after it, right? Um, so what they do now is they have the people who are voted in, right, based on their performance, and they have a fan. They have a fan vote that gets uh, one or two drivers in. Then they have an open, right? So. There's a heat race where there's an open, right? Who everyone who wasn't voted in gets a chance to race their way into the all-star race to race for a million dollars. So they have the open, then they have um, a race, and then they, they they change the format every year, which is why I like the NASCAR one so much, because every year it's something a little bit different. My favorite format that they had was, like, they used to do, like, crazy shit. Like, they would have they would do qualifying where you'd have to like do a race like pit road has a pit speed limit for safety reasons, obviously, but a, a, a number of years back they had, you had to run a full lap and then you had to come down pit road, no pit speed limit, stop in your box, get a full like pit stop and then go out and do your second lap. The whole thing was like, that was qualifying. That's they insane. Do crazy, dude, they do crazy shit. But, um, how did, that, just, did anybody die? <laughs> no, no one died. Thank, okay, fine. good. I'm glad. I'm glad yeah, that nobody yeah. but it, dude, it just, seems the, dangerous. Every year they do something so different and so unique, and people okay. dog it. But it, in general, just the the every year they try to do something different. Like one year they built an entire new package for the cars. They were like this year where it's going to turn Charlotte into a super speedway race, right? Like they just they put huge spoils in the car, put like um, a restrictor plate in, like to limit the air that Damn. was coming in. Dude, they just do crazy shit every year. So the amount of innovation that they try to do the All Star Race to keep people interested in it is is fantastic. And dude, people take grudges from like the week before into the All Star Race. Like they nice, okay. Each other and shit in the All Star Race. It's, just, <laughs> it's it's hilarious. And now they went back to North Wilkesboro, so it's there's some history into it. It's back on a short track. It's like the roots. So if you're not a motorsport fan, you will dislike the NASCAR race, the NASCAR All Star Weekend, because you'll be like, this is yeah. trash. Right, but for me, it's NASCAR, MLS, yes, MLB, NHL, NBA, NFL, and the reason I put MLS two is because mostly just because I find it hilarious. Yeah, that, that league's All Star Weekend <laughs> is pitting their best players against Premier League teams and getting shit rolled <laughs> like, like every year, year in yeah. and year out. Like it's it so is it's. 
they play it's with like that. the opposite of like it's like the opposite of the intention of the all-star game it's like no normally like to show your it's a feel good to show yeah. off your how talented your players are and this is just like nope you're gonna try <laughs> to to beat them and you're not we're gonna still do it the, we're still the fifth yeah. best soccer league in the this world is just, <laughs> this is just a team this is just someone's team this is you're the best in this whole league you just play a team that's in this is just league. a team yeah a just team one which, team a team which i might add literally does not give a shit about coming to play soccer yeah probably didn't play probably <laughs> yeah. barely played any of their top players you know yeah. they played chivas one year i think and got fucking demolished mm, they played yeah. the mexican national team not the yeah. mexican mm. national team sorry a mexican league team a couple years mm. back and got blown out not blown out but they lost that's it's just it's so that's such to, a great point to me it's just so funny that they're like, let's celebrate American soccer. Yeah, by, <laughs> like, by just getting kicked. just getting shit on. Yeah, that is yeah. that is a but, great point. Yeah. Let's celebrate American soccer by having a bunch of players who are not American, who are not good enough to play in their home countries, play right. for American teams and get shit rolled by a you know a third tier Mexican national. Team. You're, you're absolutely right. It is. It is just. It, it's very funny. And I, honestly, the skills competition for the MLS is fucking sweet. Like, yeah. The shootout competition is awesome. Like yeah. they just, they, I am, I'm not going to sit and watch a ton of soccer. Um, mm-hmm. I played, I mean, Kyle and I played soccer growing up for yeah. a, a number of years. So there's still a lot like, of years. I love, I love the game. Um, it was, I went to my first MLS game a couple of years ago. Unbelievable atmosphere. So yeah. much fun in person. Um, like, I just I, had, uh, I just had club seats uh, at the, uh fcc game this last weekend they faced a random jamaican the, uh jamaican league uh, team the uh the fcc isn't that who Crushed regulates them. like the airwaves and stuff like that right yeah for sure <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right. yeah 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 so uh i didn't realize they were based in cincinnati i didn't realize they also played a sport no so. they have they have cincinnati they're in cincinnati for sure mm, and the all-star games in columbus this, this year no mm. shit the shittiest that. ohio city no doubt so about maybe, that. Maybe we, we can all go, agree on that. I don't know who they're playing this year. Besides the youngest town. No, yeah. no. Uh, okay, maybe. Uh, <laughs> come on. I mean, no offense to our fans Hot. in Youngstown, but you also know. Uh, yeah, I'm not. Hot, I'm just. Hot take. I'm a mild Columbus hater. So um, uh, anyway, guys, speaking of speaking of some hatred. Also, speaking of all stars uh, in the realm of basketball. Ooh. Caitlin Clark of uh, women's w, w, uh, WNCAA basketball for Iowa is on a fucking tear. She's gotten herself quite a few accolades, also some haters along the way, right? Um, she is within like 17 points of passing, I believe. I think it's believe. I believe it's 17. Let me double check. But she's really close to passing Pistol Pete Maravich for the uh, all-time NCAA basketball scoring. So women's and men's combined. Um, it's gotten a lot of ire from some diehard basketball fans who were like, how dare you put her in the same area as Pistol Pete, who did it in the 70s when like Southern colleges didn't allow black players, which is still hilarious right. to me. Um, but ultimately, guys, she's been on a tear. She's looked fantastic. She's scoring half point shots, putting up like 17, 20 or 17 or 20 triple doubles. She's just ripping it up. She just yesterday declared. Uh, that she, this will be her final year at Iowa. She will be declaring for the WNBA draft. She is more than likely to be the, the number one overall pick. Uh, 
I have watched highlights of her. I'll be honest, I have not really watched a ton of games. I do remember her last year in the tournament. Her and Angel uh, Angel Reese from LSU, fantastic and super fun battle. Uh, if you guys watch her, what, what do you, what do you guys think about? It? Because I'll be honest, the hate that she's getting and some of the people who are like just giving her shit. This girl's been incredible. She's grown the game of basketball on its own, and what she's done for the women's game is phenomenal. I'm excited to see what she can do in the NW and WNBA, and she seems like a real talent. Well, I mean, of course, you know, it's I honestly I haven't really heard much um, in the in the term in the on the side of you know the the haters or whatever, but um, I mean, you know, she's obviously she can ball like. She's about to, you know, it's insane, like what she's doing. And I kind of brought it up to you guys. Um, you know, we obviously know, Bron- like, you know, I, I, I just don't watch any college basketball, period. Like, I don't really like she is the most. Famous, like college basketball player that I know, like, I don't really know. I'm like, I know you. Bronny. Like, I don't know. <laughs> Honestly, it's her and then Bronny. And the only reason yeah. I know Bron is because I, I follow because everything of LeBron. LeBron games. Right. Exactly. So like, if you told me who do I know because of college basketball, it's going to be Caitlin Clark and then basically no one else. Yeah. If you say include people, you know, based on like their famous dads, I'd be like, oh, yeah, a uh, Bronny James. Like, yeah. that's what it is. Yep, exactly. So, um, you know, that's 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 pretty crazy. It's going to be, you know, it's it's it seems like every year more and more there's like this uh in the WNBA, at least there's, you know, a uh, can't miss talent uh, coming out pretty much every year, which is, I mean, that's cool. That's that's really cool one way or another. Yeah, Love to yeah, see so, it. So here's the stat. If Caitlin Clark scores 17 points against Ohio State, she will pass Pete Maravich's 3,667 career points. She'll have done it in 130 games. Pete Maravich set that record from 1967 to 1970 in just 83 games. So she does have a significantly oh. more amount of games, right? So wow. again, I'm not uh, I'm not going to deny that. Other than the fact that Pete Maravich played in an era of NCAA college basketball in LSU of all places. And again, we when people when we talk about comparing men's and women's games, I fully understand it's not exactly the same thing, but when you're also comparing eras I don't know, man. There's something about 1967 and 1970 in the Deep South that right. tells me that Pete was playing in a league that didn't exactly honor fair competition to everyone. Sure. I'm just going to say the quiet part out loud. I, I, I'm not trying to diminish what Pete did. And you could absolutely say that his record is still more impressive, even if she beats it. But to diminish what she's done over four seasons and one of them being a COVID season is, I just don't think very impressive. Agreed. Yeah. I don't, I don't necessarily know. I mean, it's just kind of the games are so different, right. That you can't diminish either accolade. Right. Um, it's the same thing as like the UConn women's, uh, not UConn. Is it the UConn women's basketball team? The the one like twenty two, uh, like, whatever his name was. I don't watch college basketball, so I'm struggling. <laughs> but it was that team, and then you had uh, UCLA team from back in the day that was just so dominant, right? Mm-hmm. It's two totally different eras. It's two totally different games, right? So, regardless of who holds 
the mantle there, right? Like to argue whether or not one is more impressive than the other is like, I hate those arguments. Like, sure. The, like they the, can the both be like, unbelievable. They could both be incredible. They could, they both, can like, both be the best of their respective sport. Like, yeah. And, it's okay. And what, <laughs> yeah. And what Caitlin Clark is doing is like, it's un, un, unbelievable. I'd like, will it yeah. ever be done again? I mean, it, it could be, there's, um, I don't know her name, but there's a there's someone on the USC women's basketball team right now that is just unbelievable as well. Like she set the mm. world on fire, too. So, you know, maybe maybe that happens. And and the other part too is maybe maybe we're starting to get to a point where women's basketball is at the point where we're starting to get those. Not that there weren't superstars before, but the talent is starting to get so much deeper that we're yeah, going right. to start to have a lot of records that are yeah. set or broken and you know, the number of years as, as, as we keep going forward. So, yeah, I mean, it's, there's, there's nothing to diminish there. And I think it's just as impressive as, um, what, what Pete did it, Juju Watkins. That's yeah. who I was thinking of mm. at USC. Uh, it's okay. Fucking nuts too. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's, it's, I'm excited to see her go to the WNBA. Um, hopefully she continues to, I mean, there's, you look at Elena Deladon when she came out, right? Sabrina Ionescu. Now we've got um, Caitlin Clark. Juju Watkins is coming up. Like these household. Angel Reese will be uh, at some point in time. Yeah, right? Maya Moore. Maya Moore. I mean, so there's, li- like, literally stop playing basketball. These. Got a guy who is wrongly convicted free and then went back to playing basketball. Like, yeah. Like, so there's, there's some really, really supreme talent. That's, that's coming up and and yeah it's just a, it's a totally different style of game it's played totally different it's not even just like like yeah you could talk about dunking and all that stuff too but just the way that the games are played are so totally different and yeah it's really it's there's so much talent in the women's game right now and and caitlin clark is at the top of top of the world and to kyle's point like when you think of college basketball players and i don't know if this is iowa's doing or espn's doing or fox sports is doing whoever did it like Caitlin Clark is unbelievably marketable. And when you think of college basketball as a whole, that's who you think of right now. So yeah, it's, it's, it's sweet to see she's going to get the record and she's going to be fantastic in the WNBA too. I'm, I'm honestly just very happy that uh, I think part of it, right. 10 years ago, she, this isn't the the story it is today. So I'm happy that women's basketball is getting, you know, some of the flowers it deserves. I'm, I'm happy that women's sports are, right? At the end of the day, I know there's plenty of arguments back and forth about, you know, equality and this and that. At the end of the day, right, women's sports is valid. It's important. And it's it, you give them their just due and they're going to grow. I, 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 I'm biased, but like the PWHL, the first United Professional Women's Hockey League started this year. Their numbers have been through the roof. They've been streaming their games on YouTube and Twitch, and then they've had some on ESPN Plus. They've been really good. They're really they're they're pretty they're incredibly well attended in Canada. They're really well attended in the U.S. and they're really making great strides. I think it's at the end of the day when everyone says, "Oh, well, women's sports can't. They're not the same. They're not going to ever be money generators. Whatever you want to, you know, all the criticisms that have come up from the WNBA." Well, it's amazing what happens when you actually put cameras on these people, when you actually dedicate time and money and resources, the same we do to men's sports. And all of a sudden, people are like, wow, 
there's a lot of really great talent. And then also, what happens when you've given dedicated time and resources to those sports for 10, 20 years? You get people like Maya Moore growing up and seeing people and wanting to play basketball. You get people like right now, Caitlin Clark and Angel Reese, who are growing up and they've gotten to see the WNBA be a thing in their entire lifetime. And that's what they strive for get people you get young women with goals to do those and they're going to make the sport jay to your point deeper and better and you're it's going to be more competitive and more fun and expand and it kind of it kind of almost reminds i don't know if this is like a fair comparison but it almost reminds me of like um like you women's ufc with like ronda rousey she was like she was like the best right she was incredible until she went up against someone who like yeah, Holly Holm was one of the yeah. top women boxers in history from the States. Yeah. And 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 you know, she just and and like the you know, turns out Ronda Rousey is is, is nothing. And then it just kinda kept going from there, kinda kept growing. Yeah, uh, like kinda like the, as you said, was like with with more cameras on them, with people that are more dedicated to the training, you know, from the get go. And, um, and now when you have a women's fight yeah. on the card, you don't bat an eye, right? It's oh cool. Yeah. It's just it's just a, a cool. women's welterweight, right? It's yeah. it's all it is. It's it's almost by default. Yeah. I think another comparison, you brought up the MLS, right? Well, MLS was like you could argue a distant eight in the terms of like sports reality for North America, right? They kept investing money. They kept saying, no, we can grow this. We want to grow. It's the largest sport in the world. Well, women are 50% of the entire population of the world. They're actually like close to like 55. I think it is like, all right, well, let's just keep investing it. And MLS is now they've expanded to Cincinnati. Columbus just won another MLS Cup. They're, they've grown. They have a t- uh, they have a network deal with Apple TV for God's sakes. They kept investing in it, even though when you could absolutely make the argument that in the early the mid nineties and early two thousands, it was why who no one cares about it. Like hockey's growing bigger than soccer, basketball is growing way bigger. Than, why would you care about it? It's the same thing with and it's a it's comparing slightly apples to oranges, but it's the same thing with women's sports. Well, there's a giant demographic for it. If you focus on it, if you invest in it, it can grow. And I think the WNBA has really shown that the past, especially the past five years. Yeah. Yep. Well, to make this an even more uh, basketball centric episode, guys, um, I wanted to talk to you about uh, a return to Cleveland and uh, some debate that it's brought up. So Kyrie Irving, Cavaliers, uh, former Cavaliers, draft pick and legend from the 2016 championship team came back for yeah in reality his first real game back in traded away after demanding to be traded he was uh welcomed back with a very uh warm welcome uh a tribute video the crowd really embraced him he had a lot of positive things to say uh he expressed a lot of love for cleveland a lot of adoration for how welcoming and loving the fans have been throughout his entire career and in a way, by saying, and I quote, you know, Cleveland embraced me through all the ups and downs and embraced my mistakes, really a pre- a- acknowledging that there were mistakes made. Uh, that has ignited another conversation about Kyrie Irving, and that is, do the Cleveland Cavaliers retire Kyrie Irving's number uh, when his career is over? So this is going to go into a larger conversation about retired numbers that I'm going to bring up, but I really want to ask you guys a very direct question. Should Kyrie Irving have his number retired by the Cavs? 
Mm. <laughs> a lot of. A lot I'll of let you. Uh, I'll let you go Andre. first. Uh, I have to go first. Yep. I'm yeah. Letting you, you. I'm allowing it. You made Kyle you go first last it. time, so you got to go I first. Did. I did. Boy. Um. At the end of the day. Uh, Jersey retirements are done in the name of accomplishments with that team and what they've done for that team and that city from a sports perspective. And all of Kyrie Irving's eccentric weirdness and, and shit that he's said or done, and, and most of it, like any athlete, most of what they say is taken a little bit out of context. He's still a nutcase, right? Um, <laughs> yeah. It, but that being said, I do think at some point his jersey probably will be retired, and I am uh, I'm okay with it. I guess in, in in the long term, like I guess I, I'm not passionate about it, right? Um, but that being said, what he did for the Cavaliers, that shot that he did in the 2016 NBA finals is something the Cavaliers fans and the team and the city is going to look back on fondly forever. And in that respect, for all he did, how he played his stats, how great of a Cleveland Cavalier he was. Yeah. His Jersey probably will be retired. I don't know if I'm going to die on the should be retired Hill. Um, but uh, yeah, that's my fence riding. Uh, okay, <laughs> I think that's fair. Answer. I think that's perfectly fair. I think he. Um, I had what was he gonna say? I had it. I had it. So uh, <laughs> all right, go ahead. So, say so, something, Jay. Right, let me put it this way. Fuck me, I, Jay. I'm. <laughs> <laughs> Jay, I'm I'm kind of with you on the basically if the Cavs do it, I'm fine with it. If they don't, I'm also fine with it. Basically, to sum it up, I will I will say this. Um, and this is going to get to my uh, uh, there's a little bit sneak preview on where I'm going to take the the uh, the Jersey retirement conversation after we talk about. Yeah, Kyrie I, didn't, directly, I didn't give right? my full but, my full answer because yeah. I'm going to have more to say when we talk about that. Yeah, yeah. we're, we're talking about that, but just specifically with Kyrie Irving, I think what's important is when you're talking about the context of a particular right. player, right? And what they mean to that franchise. When I think about who the Cavs should be retiring, um, I look and say, well, LeBron is going to get, he should be retired. Of course. Who else would be around LeBron that would be important? I think Kyrie is there. I think Kevin Love is there. If you retire those three, in my opinion, either do LeBron separately and then Kyrie and Kevin Love together in turn. And then basically you do cut, you do Kevin Love or you do LeBron first and then you do Kyrie and Kevin Love after they both retired, give it a couple years, you bring them back. And then you say, this is uniting the big three in delivering the Cavaliers a championship. We're putting them up in the rafters. I think it makes sense. The way I view it, if you retire Kyrie, but then don't retire Kevin Love, that's a problem. If yeah, you retire I Kevin agree. Love and not yeah. Kyrie, I have a little bit of a problem of it. So I, I really think it is, if you retire LeBron, 
you either don't retire either of them or you retire both of them. I think that's fair. Um, I, I would like to say, like, I'm very happy that the craziest thing that Kyrie said when he was with us was that the earth was flat, <laughs> which which yeah. pales in comparison to, like, some of his other uh, antics after he was oh. a Cavalier. So yeah. you know, you we kind of have that going for us. And you know what um, I'm happy about? He didn't say anything stupid when he talked about Cleveland and and, and how much mm-hmm. he appreciated that. I'm glad he didn't say, I really appreciate the fans, except for East Cleveland. I don't know, quite know why. It's like, uh, wait a minute. There's uh, That's where the Jewish population lives, Kyrie. Oh, that's why. Like, I'm glad he didn't say anything like that. Yeah, right. Yeah. Because he's, you know, to be fair, he's gotten yeah. better about the way he talks. But yeah, Ugh, it seems like it, yeah. his 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 anti-Zionist very is commentary. Yeah, and, it's 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 yeah, it's problematic bad. to say the least. Um, <laughs> yeah, but like I said, we had him so, before most of that. So that's yeah. a good thing. I think that he I think that Joe, you nailed it. Uh, either do them both or, you know, don't do either of them. I think that they I, I'm I'm leaning more to that. They both should be. Yeah, because like, you know, let's be realistic. So someone like the Lakers, if they retired every single number that deserved it, they probably wouldn't have like very many numbers left. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? Like they just have that, that many championships. It's it's unfortunately it's like a different thing for them. For us, when we've won one championship, like that was the, you know, that was the, you know, the crux of our 52 years of existence as a franchise or whatever it was at the time. Um, you kind of have to honor that, you and know? I think, I, so, and the other thing, we we retired Nate Thurman's jersey. Yeah. Right. Uh, Nate, Nate, Nate Thurman played 114 games with the Cavs, and the only reason we retired his jersey is because he was part of the miracle at Richfield. I just looked up Nate Thurman's stats because I was like, I know he didn't play that long. He, he didn't even like, play Duke. He, he, he averaged like less than six seasons. He, he averaged less than ten points, right? It was like six points a game or something like that. Uh, n- no, he in 1976 to 77, he played 49 games with the Cavs and averaged 5.4 points. <laughs> and in 1975 and 76, his first stint with the Cavs, the one thing, the reason he got re- his jersey retired, he averaged 4.58 points. Dear God, so he had he didn't even play two full seasons with the Cavs in his jersey. Yeah, for, for one moment. So right, I think Kyrie, that Kyrie this shot moment, then almost earns it. I think jersey. that moment, and then look, just, and then K loves defense. On, yeah, on just, the Ky- stuff. just just Kyrie's shot alone would get him in. So that's, I guess, why I'm like, um, and we're gonna Joe just jump into it because I, I have, I have so, so many opinions. <laughs> so mean, all right, so the reason why I brought this up is it, it was it was an interesting conversation, and obviously Kyrie coming back into Cleveland it ignites all the firestorm around his controversial tenure here his leaving and just Kyrieing himself but it also took me to an interesting point of what do you guys what do we think about jersey retirements in general across any sports um there's a lot of interesting retirements for instance the cavaliers have a joe tate banner joe tate legendary uh broadcaster who literally did the Cavaliers during their entire existence up until he retired in 2011, I want to say, right? 
huge, huge influence. But they chose not to retire a number. They have a microphone with his name, a banner hanging, a nice memorial to a guy who was literally Mr. Cavalier before Austin Carr had the name for 40 years. But other places that have retired a number, right? Seattle Seahawks have retired the number 12 for the 12th man. The Cleveland Indians have retired 422 for the sellout streak they had in the 90s. Uh, there's a crazy other amount. The Florida Panthers in the NHL had the number 37 retired because their original owner was born in 1937 and his favorite number was 37, so they retired 37 for their owner. At what point in time are jersey retirements ridiculous? Because it's a very fine line. What do you guys think is the criteria to have your jersey retired in general? Like, what, what are you accepting? So, so it's it, it's very team specific, right? To Kyle's point, and he that was the point that I was going to make. And, and so, Kyle, thanks for bringing it up earlier because, like, if you look at the Lakers and the Celtics, like they have a list of numbers that can be retired from championship teams and just Hall of Famers and greatest, some of the greatest of all time, have played in those two cities. Right, like you can retire those jerseys for, I mean, a number of jerseys across both of those teams, and you'd have guys wearing number sixty-seven, like Taj Gibson, right? Just right. Like random <laughs> fucking numbers. Like, let's break it down to our hometown, right? Like, you've got Big O Smith, Junos Agassiz, Larry Nance, Mark Price, Austin Carr, Brad Doherty, and Nate Thurman. Um, Nate Thurman is obviously the uh, like the black sheep outlier, the, the black sheep of that group. Um, but like Brad Doherty had five All Stars in eight seasons in Cleveland, was a huge part of the Cavs when they were in Richfield. Yep. Mark Price, one of the best three point shooters in the game that you've yep. ever seen. Right. Larry Nance, same thing. Big Z with twelve seasons with us. He only made two All Star games, but. He held down like he, he was, was, yeah. Like he was the Cavaliers for. He so was. Many years. Uh, he was the. He was the 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 turning of the century. He was what Bing, Bingo Smith was the original. Like I'm a Cleveland guy. Zdrzynas Ligowskis was like the '90s and 2000s, like Cleveland guy, right? Yep. Yeah. And then the other jersey we have retired, which is the jersey that's the only jersey that's retired across the NBA, which should be in every sense of the word, is Bill Russell, because. He's the greatest basketball human that has ever been around from what he did for the sport. Yeah. Um, there's yeah. not even Fair. not even close. Like just take take even the championships as a coach and a player out, like what he did for the sport of, of basketball will will never I will die on that hill, will never be done again. For many bad reasons, but also many good reasons, right? Like what he did for like yeah. the acceptance of what the NBA was. But <laughs> Bad yeah. reasons, by the way, not bad things that he did. Bad things he had to overcome. I overcome. want to make that fair. Yeah, yeah. Like, <laughs> right. He had to overcome an incredible amount of racism. Amount of race. yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, like, I, I don't know, man. Like the the jersey retirement for me is a special thing for the player. Um, I think I, I'm not a huge fan of jersey retirements for the, the like the. Like the Seattle thing bothers the shit out of me. Like you're retiring a number because that's like your shtick, right? Like yeah, that to me is horseshit. Like retiring yeah. Joe Tate's name, yeah, for for lack of a better term, like putting something up there because he was the voice of the Cavaliers for forty fucking years. Like he was what we had to listen to, and he's the enjoyment that we got from some really yeah. bad basketball teams. 
right? Mm-hmm. He brought mm-hmm. an excitement and energy. So, like, you can – I think the honoring of those people is fine, but to retire the number 12 because you call your team the 12th man, right? Like, even even the Guardians-Indians thing with 422 is kind of like, okay, I guess it's cool. It's a number. Like, you retired. I'm not a huge fan of the jersey retirement thing. I honestly think it should be reserved for the people who did the most for that franchise. Maybe, and and so I guess it's a little bit against me thinking that Nate Thurman shouldn't be there. Maybe it's a little bit of both, right? Like retiring a guy who averaged five points a game for for a team. Like that to me is ridiculous. Like, yeah, he had one good moment, but Kyrie didn't average five points a game for our team like he was right he was i mean yeah he until he was LeBron part of that here, yeah he was the best player on the team yeah so i don't know dude jersey jersey retirements for me should be reserved for the people who did the most for that franchise for a long period of time a consistent period of time right so junus Lagaskis is the good example of that the guy was with the team for tw- it's not like you're retiring as a junus like if they retired z's number across the league everyone would be like what the fuck are we doing Right. But we retired him for the team because of the impact he had on this city and this city's franchise in the NBA. So I'm I don't know. The Jersey retirements for me should be reserved for people who had an impact, not just on the court, but with the city. It has to be a combination of both. It's got to be on the court and what they did for the franchise as a whole. I I overall agree with that. Um, Yeah. Sorry, go ahead, Kyle. Yeah, no, I mean, it's, it's, you're totally right. They had to be, you know, I don't like the idea of like an owner retiring their own favorite number. Maybe they did that in honor of him. Here's the thing. I have no problem if you're honoring an owner. I just think it's, unless the owner ever wore that number and he was a former player, like do what they did. Like what they did with Joe Tate is exactly what Joe Tate, Joe Tate deserved. Hey, his name and what he did is hanging in, the Rocket Mortgage Field House, the QR ends up being called 20 years from now. It is hanging there and will always be there. He deserves it. The man was the voice of the Cavaliers for 41 years. He deserves it. Yeah. But did um, he ever wear number 30, whatever? He didn't. So they reti- They have his yeah. name there. They count him in their retired numbers section. Whenever they talk about retired numbers, they say, and Joe Tate broadcaster. That's exactly what he deserves. I love it. It's the right yeah. way to handle it, right? Yeah. Uh, by the way, um, you know, I, I, I didn't know this until right now, but the apparently the Rocket Mortgage Fieldhouse, uh, the media area is named the Fred McLeod TV yeah. studio and media workroom. So that's yeah. another like I mean, he's another person that I always think, you know, he's who we grew up with. Right. Like, yeah, he's he's who we grew up with. And he's like you talk about, a, you know, when you talk about like that 2016 championship run being in his, his call with Austin <sighs> is like, no, obviously it's what's just, amazing is because we were, we were downtown with it. Yeah. We were experiencing it live that we, we remember the NBA broadcast, but when we watch the videos and the, the clips, yeah. a lot of the Cavs clips put the Fred McLeod voiceover yeah. over it. And like, man, that mix of Fred McLeod over the, the video is just it's gold right it's, with it's, austin it's, car yeah. there too man like yeah. it's man i love john michael don't get me wrong i think he does a fantastic job i think it's a really hard uh especially the, the it's a really hard of, of, i mean of it, it, yeah it's, it's really tragic yeah it's it's it, it's but i think so you know props to him i actually really really like him man fred mcleod is goaded he's 
Yeah, it absolutely yeah. has some of my favorite calls of all time. Oh man, uh, just like all his, man, all his signature calls, dude. It's yeah. yeah. I just when you look when you look like so like I, dude, the owner thing bothers. Yeah, the owner thing is the one that bothers me the most too, because like the number. I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna bring it back to the Steelers here for a second, but the Steelers don't have a jersey retired for Art Rooney. <laughs> Right. Right. Yeah. And, and, and Art Rooney did more for the NFL. He did a lot for the NFL yeah. as well as the Steelers, but the Steelers didn't put a fucking jersey up in the rafters for Art Rooney. You just. Because it's his favorite number or something. Yeah. Like you just understand when you go into Heinz Field, it's like this is the house that Rooney built. Right. Right. And that aura of the Rooneys in the NFL is enough. And I know I'm like. I don't know the circumstances around retiring the number 37 in Florida. It's nice to honor, sure. but like you can honor that person in a different way than putting a random arbitrary number up in the stadium and being like, no one can wear 37 because the owner found the, the team. Like what's crazy about things like that. Right. And so this is what I'm going to say. I have no problem at the end of the day, whatever a team chooses to retire, if that makes sense to them at the end of the day, that to me is sure. a very personal team thing. It's very different than a Hall of Fame conversation. It's very different than anything league-wide. At the end of the day, it's their decision. I do question certain things, though. Uh, the owner one, absolutely. I look at the way the Cavs did Joe Tape. Do that with your owner. Do that with your broadcaster. Do that with your not. Do that with a coach. Whatever you want to do, absolutely. Because there's a hey, you could make the argument: Should Chicago, the Bulls, or the Lakers have like a Phil Jackson? It, he is in especially the Bulls, he is instrumental in what the Bulls built. To hang Pippen, Jordan, and uh, you hang Phil Jackson there when he dies, or do you do it before? There's certainly something to be said for that. I have no problem with whatever a team chooses to do. I I question numbers. Jason, you brought up fan service numbers, the number, you know, like the Minnesota Wild Hockey retired number one because they got the number one fans. All right. The Indians, I at least, they, they did. That. Yeah, like, I don't mm-hmm. love it, right? Mm-hmm. They have 420. Uh, Indians have four, or the Guardians have 422 for the sellouts they had. The sellouts. I don't love it, but at least I can do, say. Do, oh, players, do baseball players wear three digit numbers? No, no. Right? So I can live with that. I also look and say, hey, it was a huge deal. We had a high, up until the Red Sox era of when they were winning World Series with Terry Francona. The Cleveland Indians had the longest sellout streak in the history of Major League Baseball. That is a massive undertaking. 422 games is yeah. over four. It's four seed. It's great. Something we're proud awesome. of, for sure. Absolutely. And you know what? I'm sure in 50 years, 60 years, when they're getting the three digits, if somebody wants to wear it, they're probably say, yeah, it's fine. Whatever, right? Uh, I have... There's a couple caveats I have to that. So... And this is where I get a little bit torn on this because I look and say, well, there's ways to honor things and honor people. What's the right way for a fan base or for a team? In the end of the day, it's their decision. But a weird case, a weird one. Again, I'll go to hockey. Uh, the, uh, the Vegas Golden Knights retired a number that is tied to the number of people that were tragically murdered by a madman with a gun in the Vegas country concert shooting. They retired the number of people that died. Well, I say it was 58. I want to say I'd have to go look it up. Right. 
it happened during their first year. The very first season they were in the league, they made it to the Stanley Cup final that year. Never been to first year team Stanley Cup final, big tragedy. It was a big moment. They that they really embraced everything going on there. From an outsider perspective, you say that's ridiculous. Did what are we going to do? Are, every time there's a shooting, we're going to retire a number. Well, there's a shooting like every five minutes, so it's impossible. But when you look back and take a step back, not if you know the context, you look and say, I understand. It was a very special moment, right? We look at Kyrie and Kevin Love with very special lenses because of what that championship means. A lot of people from the outside in say, wait, a guy who asked to be traded a year after that championship and who didn't even want to play when he came back to Cleveland in another uniform? And then Kevin Love, who had his best years prior to him coming, you want to retire their numbers? You guys think that Channing Fry and Richard Jefferson and Matthew Delvadova are amazing? What is wrong with you? That means something to us because of how special it was. I look at a number of retirement like that and say, is it on the surface insane and kind of crazy? Yeah. But once I, when you know the context of it, you say, I get it. That's why I say it's a very personal thing from a franchise, a sports, a, 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 the sports town, and the fan base. If it makes sense to them, I get it. And sometimes the context goes away after a while. Sometimes eventually you lose that specialness, right? So I think when you're retiring a number, you need a little bit of time between the person retiring or whatever and when you choose to do it. Ultimately, it is a really stupid thing to actually get like excited about. <laughs> yeah. Right. <clears throat> excited in can... the way of excited in the way of like getting up, upset about it. Like, right. like that's why that's why like I was kind of like, yeah, I've got some thoughts on it, but I wasn't I'm not like I'm sure there's people out there. My opinions are not that strong. Yeah. Yeah. I got opinions, but like ultimately like I think not retiring the number twelve is stupid, but like I also don't live in Seattle and it doesn't I'm not losing sleep over them retiring the number twelve right. because they call themselves the twelfth man. So like uh, to your point, Joe, the moment is more important than what's actually like up in the rafters. So, yeah, I mean, and they can, I mean, like, like realistically, they could just always unretire numbers too, which dude, they do. Again, I, talking about the Steelers, like they only have like two actually retired numbers. Yeah, it's uh, like Arnie, Arnie something, and then Joe Green and Franco Harris, right? Like those are the only three numbers. Yeah. They retired Palomalo's jersey, but you could wear forty-seven. Joe Green's. Or I'm sorry, Jack Lambert's jersey was retired, but you can wear that number. So that's a good point too, Kyle. Like, at any point in time, the team could say, "Yeah, you can wear that number." Like, it's, yeah, it's not because like a lot of teams yeah. have like a like a ring of honor, and they have a true sure. retired number, right? Um, it's like at some point in time, someone in the NBA will wear, like, someone in the Celtics will wear number six again, and it, that like yeah, to honor Bill yeah. Russell, and like yeah. I don't, you know, I don't think anyone's gonna get upset. People will get upset about it because. Everyone has to have an opinion on everything and be the most right. <laughs> Thank you, Twitter. Fucking assholes. But well, anyway. Hey, hey, it's it's X, different. by the way. Listen, yeah, hey, suck Elon my calls it X. Fuck Elon. Sponsor me. Give me a Tesla. I um <laughs> I'll say this really quickly. Where I actually I say what I think is the more important debate sometimes when you're talking about legacy and we're talking about importance. Whatever a fan base agrees is the best, along with that franchise, do it. I we can nitpick, but at the end of the day, if it makes you happy, I don't care. Where I really actually think those kind of debates matter, I'm much more of a Hall of Fame gatekeeper 
and I don't lo- I don't love the term gatekeeper, but I'm much more of a Hall of Fame purist. I'm a small hall guy in almost every sport because I think that is truly a pantheon of does Bill Russell's name, does Michael Jordan's name, does Larry Bird, does LeBron James's name, should they be around a pantheon of people that are not in that echelon? And the answer is no. They're very unique talents to the sport of basketball that aren't on the same level. I love it, Zajunas Olgowskis. I grew up watching him. He shouldn't be in the Hall of Fame, and he's not going to be, but I'm fine with the Cavs retiring his number. LeBron James deserves to have both, and the one I want to debate is who gets in the Hall with him, not whose jersey's next. Yeah. Kyrie and Kevin Love will be. I When you talk about Hall of Fame is where I want to make sure that a legacy like the Bronze or Kobe's or Michael Jordan, whoever, I want to make sure their legacy is with people that deserve to have their legacy up there with in the Hall. Yeah. Well, all right. I know that uh, we're not going to be retiring any of our numbers anytime soon. Podcast. So, well, if you guys, we don't if you guys, have if you, any numbers. Yeah, what numbers would you guys wear if you were to retire? Number? Jay, what would your number be? 80, 86. 86. Kyle, do you have a cool? Do you got a number over there? Not really. Uh, I wore a lot of different numbers. I wore six in basketball. I wore a bunch Ooh. of different forties in uh, in in football. So we're gonna give you forty six. Okay, that's like a it's like a that's like a DB. That's like a safety yeah. number, a fruit strong safety number, free safety. Right, we'll get uh, that, but I picked eighty six because of Heinz Ward. I was my favorite player growing up, so I don't know why I picked thirteen. So thirteen, okay, okay. thirteen, lucky thirteen. Lucky, I'm unlucky dude. as shit. I'm unlucky as shit, and we all know it. So Heinz uh, Ward, we'll we'll give you uh, Grayson. Uh, we'll give Grayson sixty nine because here. Yes. Yeah, so yeah that's yeah. obviously like the best one. Uh, hey, Jason. Yep. Fuck you, man. <laughs> there we go. For that, for that Heinz Ward bullshit. Love me some Heinz Ward. Can smile on my nuts, dude. (laughs) (laughs) Man, that I really want to lead us down another path really quickly, but all right, really quickly. Uh, (laughs) Uh, What's one player that you? truly don't understand why people like or love or think that like for instance kyle why does heinz ward why should he smile on your nuts i mean like like, like do you get like, do you guys have a player you don't understand the love affair with uh, of OJ a fan base? <laughs> okay on, man all right well <laughs> uh i guess my question is not gonna be taken seriously <laughs> and that's yeah uh, aaron hernandez <laughs> <laughs> Ray Lewis. Oh wait, those fans do love him. Uh, retired mm. Jim Brown's number, but instead of retiring his number, the number of women he beat the shit out of. Oh man, yeah. Wow, Jesus Christ. Uh, all right. Yeah. Well, on that uh, terrible bombshell, uh, let's let's call it my uh, my attempt to get one more discussion in has just failed miserably. So I think it's time to end it. 
Uh, gentlemen, uh, great talking with you. Uh, I'm happy that we're going to be retiring either 13, 86, 46, or 69 sometime in the future with our great podcast. We will so. be retiring 69. As they say <laughs> in Germany, happy Formula One season, everyone. Yes. It's back. It's back this weekend. Another Red Bull dominance coming in. I hate Fucking. Ferrari, but my boy Carlos signs. Let's go, Carlos. So happy, happy Formula One and uh, Guten Tag, little mommy. Oh, uh, and for those that celebrate, happy NHL trade deadline coming up very, very soon. So uh, it's a real thing, Kyle. Shut your dirty mouth. The thing where they play football on the ice. I fucking hate you. I, I saw that in. shit on uh, Instagram or whatever they sent. TikTok, that, that, is, things. that is, I guess it's a real thing they do in Germany. Uh, but as they say in Germany, go fuck yourself. Uh, <laughs> have a good night, gentlemen.